Welcome to the Campus Women's Ministry Podcast. This ministry is devoted to producing women after God's own heart and interceding for the society around us. Listen as Prophetess Zipporah Crown shares insights into God's Word. I pray this podcast ministers to you. So it was that one fine day when Samson wanted to bestir himself as usual, the Bible said he wished not that the Lord had departed from him. May this not be your story. Christian leader, Christian sister, may this not be your end. We know people on campus who were very much on fire. Today they are so anti-Christian, you wonder. It doesn't come at once. Like Samson, they kept defiling their holiness. They got away with it. And so with time, they thought holiness didn't matter with God. Friends, it matters a lot. Remember I told you that holiness is God's sieve. It is his screening process for those who can approach unto him. Let's read Isaiah 33, 14 again. Let's read it. I quoted it, but let's read it. It's a generation my heart longs for. You have zeal. You love God. You are zealous for the kingdom, which is beautiful. But you must know that you can't put the Eucharist and the fruit of the forbidden tree in the same mouth. Because what? Holiness. God expresses his holiness through jealousy. Please repeat it after me. God expresses his holiness through jealousy. Say to your neighbor, the hot burning fire of his jealousy. So God wants you that I am a jealous God. He said, be holy because I, the Lord, your God, I am holy. And God's holiness is expressed through what? His jealousy. Why? Because holiness is a purifier. Jealousy wants to protect what it loves. Keep it in the finest state, original state of purity. And that is what God's jealousy does. God yearns jealously for the spirit of purity that Christ planted in you when you first came to him. He broods over it to maintain it in its best form. God's jealousy is not as the jealousy of a human being. God's jealousy comes to do you good, to protect you. And that was the commission he gave to, gave to Adam in the garden. Keep it, guard it, protect it, care for it. God's jealousy made him reach out to die on the cross. And so jealousy in a Christian is a state of holiness whereby he seeks to convert the whole world into an estate of Eden. The jealousy of God in your spirit bears the fruit of holiness. And that fruit makes you crusade no matter what it takes to make sure that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Amen. 
And that's the crusading spirit of world evangelism. You cannot be holy and not be jealous for the things of God. And you cannot be jealous for the things of God and not wish that all men should know Christ. They always work together. Isaiah 33, 14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Because they can't approach the fire. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who amongst us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who amongst us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteousness and speaks uprightly. This is not fire to warm yourself on a cold day. The Bible says it's a devouring fire. God's jealousy burns like a devouring fire. As a Christian, what are you doing with evil? How come non-Christians are your best associates? You have become like Lot, but remember Lot's end. Lot moved close to Sodom and Gomorrah because he loved the lush green vegetation. Your eyes are leading you into Samson's error and Lot's mistake. He pitched his tent near Sodom. Before we realize, by the time God comes to visit Sodom, Lot was living inside the Sodom, and he was even an elder at the gate. May the church not become an elder at the gate of Sodom and Gomorrah. We are supposed to be separate. And yet you don't like the dry hills of Zion. You prefer the lush vegetation of the Jordan Valley. But that is where Sodom and Gomorrah are situated. You want the diva life of the world. You want the swag of the gentlemen of the world. The two cannot dwell together. God does not serve the forbidden fruit on the same plate where the Holy Communion is. You are pretending that you cannot keep your vessels pure. You burn with passion like an inferno. You are like a hot oven. Sizzling at the least touch. Let me give you God's recipe for sexual purity. It's as simple as ABC. Genesis 39 verse 10. It is your love of high falutin things without having mastered the basics of foundations that has caused some of your distortions. That's a lot of words, isn't it? In other words, when you want high spiritual estates without a solid foundation of the doctrines of Christ, you are in danger of collapsing and falling big time. 
So you pray in tongues, build yourself up. You have become an eagle eye of the cherubim. You can see all around. You can see deep into the mysteries of God. And yet, you do not have the basics of Christian character. You are a disaster waiting to happen. Because you know what? Some people say, ah, mommy, but how can God allow this? The person is not holy, and yet God has given the person power, prophetics, and things. God is not a cheat. If you pay the price, praying in tongues long hours, studying the scriptures, the benefits he will give to you. And so God is smart enough not to make your charismatic giftings, not to make your giftings the basis of going to heaven. Character is the basis of going to heaven, not charisma. Hey, hey! It's not anyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. And they will say, you are deceiving yourself. You have flawed that lady. You have seduced that gentleman. You mount the pulpit, anointing and graceful. You can see like the eagle. And you think God, it's because God doesn't care. It's because that is not the basis of going to heaven. So, well... What anointing gives you is fame, recognition, money. You have already been paid in full. What more do you want? When Jesus returned from the Jordan in the power of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says the fame of him spread abroad. Anointing gives you fame, and with it comes dread. Money. Jet. But it's character, which is the fruit of the spirit. You can't say, I have gentleness, but I don't have self-control. I have tried. The Bible didn't say fruits, plural. God, it's not as if God doesn't know grammar. The one who gave you tongue, does he not speak? He said, the fruit, the fruit of the spirit is what joy peace gentleness self control so you are pretending that you cannot control your libido let me show you God's formula genesis 39:10 let's read it together Let's read it together. One go. So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, note the next phrase, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. You don't hear what provokes you sexually. And you don't create privacy to practice what you've heard. So God's rule for sexual purity is do not create privacy. No matter how hot an oven you are, if you don't have privacy, the oven cannot bake anything. When we put stuff in the hot oven, we cover it. We close the oven before it can produce the results we want. And God says, 
Don't close the oven. It will close, cool down. Don't create privacy. At the basic elementary level, don't create privacy. Don't be alone with the person who has an agenda on you. That's all. God told me, he says, it is because sex is the, a very strong passion, I made it the easiest thing to avoid. He said the easiest force to control is sexual passion. And you will tell me it's not true. God says, he did not make, this is what God told me in prayer. He said, I did not, I deliberately didn't make sex a spectator act. I don't even think the most degenerate prostitute would want you to have her on a field in full view of everybody. God says, the secret sea of sex is the protection he gave you. So as long as you do not create privacy, you will never commit sexual sin. So it's simple as ABC. Do not create privacy, period. Joseph refused to be with her. So from today, every sexual escapade is a deliberate conscious act of your will, and you are culpable. I have told you, God says, don't create prophecy. And I quote God verbatim. He said, you can court for 30 years. You can date and court for 30 years and never commit fornication as long as you obey this rule. Don't create privacy. What are you doing together alone in the room? You have gone to visit her in her room and you are asking her, is your roommate there? You can't say it's a mistake because it's a calculated act. You came premeditating, inquiring, setting the right condition. You can fool yourself. You cannot fool the spirit of grace. Don't create privacy. Let's say it. It's a simple remedy. Don't create privacy. Now, when Joseph accidentally fell into a privacy condition, the Bible says a day when all the servants were out, he had to do his work. So he stepped into a private situation without planning it, isn't it? The next thing the Bible tells you is that in case you find yourself in a privacy you did not deliberately create, flee. Don't pray in tongues. Don't assess the situation. Don't reason with the devil. He's more subtle than you are. Satan chose to work through the serpent because God, the Bible says the serpent was the most strictest, subtle, cleverest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. Satan's choice was deliberate and it reflects the nature of evil. Evil is deceptive. There's a way that seems right to a man. But it's the way of death that is wearing a disguise. Death always disguises itself with pleasure. 
The forbidden fruit was not bitter. They said it was good for food, pleasant for the eyes, desirable to make you wise. Three positive qualities, but the end thereof was death, disaster. If holiness looks too difficult for you, try promiscuity, profanity, and see where it will land you. God have mercy on us. Finally, brethren and sisters, for that matter. Just like God gave Adam an assignment to keep the garden, God has given an assignment to the Christian to keep the world pure for him. Our assignment is to the earth. He said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And what is the Eden that we have been given? It is the Eden of the kingdoms of this world. We are to guard and keep the holiness of Christ. Spread it all over this world. Convert a rebellious, a rebellious world to become what? The kingdom of our God and of, of our Lord and of his Christ. Evangelism is the child of the spirit of jealousy and holiness. When you are jealous for God's cause, you will ask, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defile the armies of God? And you don't just speak. You do something about it. Why are all the people in this block not going for church service on a Sunday morning? And your heart is dead to organize. Find a way. You start praying. A way of bringing the gospel to them. The holier the church becomes, the more the fires of evangelistic zeal will be stoked in us. You are living in sin and filth, and you are crying out for anointing to win the world. The two don't go. Your sin quenches that desire, burning desire in you to reach out for God's holiness. And by the way, what are you, God should give you a soul to teach what to. Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, you cross oceans, put in so much effort to win one proselyte, and you turn him into twice the son of hell that you are. Are you converting that soul to teach them how to seduce ladies? Or to teach them how to spend money on Brazilian acrylics and not give offering at church? Are you bringing that sister into the Lord to show her how to perfect wifeliness in school? Or you are bringing the brother into your circle to show them hooliganism and how to slay girls? Without holiness, you make a mockery of the gospel. The Lord said through Moses, says, because of you Jews, that my name is profaned among the nations. May this not be our story. Finally, brethren, is this the second or the first final? Today we are looking at threefold holiness, so it can, there can be a third final, you know. The love of God constrains us, Paul says. And so we make our appeal to all men. And we will continue till the knowledge of God covers the world as the waters cover the sea.
today I'm calling out to you to rededicate your life to Christ. I'm not calling you an unbeliever, but I dare say that you have no perfected holiness out of reverence for Christ. You took the first step of holiness by leaving the world and proclaiming Christ as Lord. You must perfect the process. You are now a believer. God's aim for you is to become a Christian. Will you short-circuit the process? The devil and the demons are also believers because they hear God and they tremble. How come you, a Christian, can hear God's word and not tremble? Are you saying the devils can do better than you? How come you hear God's word? Complacency has cooled the fires on the altar of your heart. Today I appeal to you, church, not because you are not holy, but because I want you to be perfect. Do not grieve the Spirit of God. I want you to bow down your head and ask yourself one question. Close your eyes, bow down your head. Those who have been chatting on phone whilst we are at it, just put it aside for a while. Ask yourself this question. How different am I from the unbelievers? In my speaking, in my dressing, in my eating, in my use of time, how different am I from the unbelievers around me on campus? Please do not move to disturb your neighbor. It's a very solemn time of personal reflection. Holiness is separation, is purity. Are you separate? from the things that defile body and spirit. Can God boast about your life like Job? Have you become a Samson? You have the power of God, but you are defiling yourself constantly. Are you Lot? You are a righteous man, and yet you have moved into Sodom. What distinguishes, ask yourself, what distinguishes me from unbelievers? What can I point to in myself, to an unbeliever, that imitate me as I also imitate Christ? Perhaps the greatest need of this generation is holiness. Superficiality has robbed us of our testimony as Christians. Christianity is powerful. But like Samson, indiscipline and impurity have cast us into the dungeon 
And we have become comedians. May the Lord redeem this generation. May the spirit of burning jealousy brood over every soul here and indeed over the whole campus until the kingdoms of campuses become the kingdoms of our Lord Holy Spirit and of his Christ. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you and enjoy the semester. Thank you for listening to this message. Journey with us, read our daily posts, and connect with us on our other social media platforms as we study God's Word and get to know His perspective on human issues. Until next time, stay blessed.